0: Listeners, happy summer! Hope you're staying cool. First, I want to give a shout out to everyone that came out to our Best of the Triangle Bash in Durham a few weeks ago. It was an amazing turnout and the support from the community has been awesome. So thanks for supporting the Indie. If you're looking for more ways to support local journalism, think about signing up for our Press Club. You can find more info about the Press Club at IndieWeek.com. Anyway, to kick off this week's episode, Editor-in-Chief Jeffrey Billman discusses why he chose to write a column this week, telling certain members of the Raleigh City Council to grow up. Then, food editor Andrea Rice talks about her story on Artisan Ice, what the heck it is, and why one North Hills restaurant is making it a thing. There are ice shows. It's a thing. I'll let Andrea explain it. So chill out, sit back, and listen up. This is staff writer Lee Taos, and you're listening to IndieCast. So Jeff and I have had a really fun week uh, in terms of our mentions on Twitter and, and Facebook and, and the like. Um, after I wrote a story last week about what went down at the city council meeting when the city council decided to pass an adjustment to their rules of decorum saying that um, citizens during public comment can no longer address individual councillors and can only address their comments at, toward the council as a whole. This happened at the same meeting as a former planning commission member uh, criticized a particular counselor, David Cox, for sending his tweets to the city attorney. And um, so we wrote about this, and it seemed to cause a little bit of a stir online, and uh, so Jeff actually addressed that in his column this week. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, and we wanted to talk about it a little bit more and kind of talk about you know our approach to coverage um, and our approach to covering, uh, in particular, the city council and how certain members of the city council have reacted to that.
1: Um, so, first of all, the the, the story that uh, I want to talk a little bit about why we chose to write write this or I chose to write this column. Um, you know, by nature of what we do, um, you know, we get criticism for a lot of things, right? Um, and, you know uh, normally we don't necessarily respond to it or, you know, if people ask questions, we respond to it. If people ask, you know, have, uh, things they critique us for in, uh, in, in, uh, I guess seriously or in good faith or, you know, they really want to engage with us and we respond to it. And and sometimes, you know, people have legitimate points and you respond to them, you you clarify stories, you correct stories.
0: If we actually get something wrong,
1: uh, which happens. Um, and and uh, we try to make it happen rarely, uh, but it happens um, when people are, you know, kind of lashing out at you on, on on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Tend to just let it roll off or uh, what have you. Um, and you and I, I certainly don't respond in the paper or online uh, or on our website. What made this different, uh, in, in my estimation, was that the story Lee wrote uh, last week following the council meeting was was just a straightforward standard news story. There was no, uh, there was, uh, I mean, it laid out, and as I mentioned in the column, it laid out a series of facts that happened. Um, uh, 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 Eric Braun, a planning, uh, former planning commissioner, went forth the city council, said, hey, uh, um, why is David uh, Cox forwarding my tweets to the city attorney? That's a little weird. Uh, and then right afterwards, without any discussion or debate or uh, uh, any forewarning on the agenda city council changes rules of decorum and that's the story we wrote and you know right afterwards David uh, David Cox who didn't return Lee's request for comment neither did the city attorney David uh, uh, posted on Facebook the next day and, and you know Lee todd has got it wrong and you know had this attorney uh, had this had this uh, you know letter from the attorney uh, from the city attorney saying you know Kerry does it too and you know cool, but doing great.
0: And then it wasn't but, a First Amendment issue. One of the things yeah. that we did is we at, we got called a First Amendment lawyer who said, yeah, that sounds like it might violate the First Amendment.
1: Um, and, and not, I mean, we, yeah, and, and Jonathan Jones is a is a First Amendment attorney. He's, um, he's suing the city of Durham right now over a First Amendment issue, open government issue. He used to be the head of the North Carolina Open Government Co- Coalition. Um, you know, he generally knows what he's talking about. He used to be a journalist for a newspaper in Greensboro. Um, and... You know, so, so at that point, you're like, okay, that's cool. Um, that's a little bit of a strong, uh, uh, strong-handed way to handle it, uh, um, particularly when, you know, usually when I have, I, I, and oftentimes you'll have uh, um, politicians who, who disagree with your assessment of the situation, and you'll get, um, you'll get, I'll get an email, I'll get a call, I'll get a text message from them saying, hey, you know, and sometimes they're, they're, Sometimes they're mad, sometimes they're not, but you're get a message and say, hey, you know, you screwed this thing up. Um, or, you know, you should quote me, or here's what I think you got wrong. That happens. And that happens from, from politicians who, who like you, from politicians who don't like you, from a lot of people. Like, it just happens. And sometimes you, you listen to it and you go, okay, you have a point, I'll put this in the story, or, you know, whatever. Um, sometimes you talk to them and, and, and there's a different aspect to the story you, you didn't understand, or, that they didn't clarify at the meeting or you know whatever this kind this thing just sort of took off in, in, in a very ugly direction on uh, there's a Facebook group that uh, uh, Cox I, I think he started and it's moderated by some some uh, allies of his, and it, it became you know kind of ugly kind of personal and, and it was a lot of it was directed at Lee and, and I was
0: tagging it a yeah, lot and later
1: at me, um, which again. That's not something we respond to uh, as a rule. I mean, sometimes we do personally, um, although I try not to. Um,
0: I responded a little bit. I said yeah. that I stood by my reporting that it yeah. was accurate. That if you know there were different motivations for this change, that you know why could, that the public had no way of knowing it, um, and that if you know if it was a change in response to previous instances, that it could have been on the agenda, mm-hmm. given the giving the public the opportunity to speak about it.
1: Yeah. And uh, in any event, um, uh, so I think you know we we had um, so they they were doing that, and again uh, you know just as a rule, like I, I don't respond to, I don't I don't respond at least in, in print or on our, our outlet to to attacks on me or to attacks on Leah or at any of our staff. Like uh, you know it's just part of the it's part of the business, right? Like people do that. It's part of being a. Semi-public figure, um, you know, uh, um, there are there are people who, uh, you know, genuinely hate me, and that's fine. That's that's what that's part of the game. Um, but what happened uh, that was different was that, you know, there was this thing that started going around, and a lot of, we got emails, and and we got you know tweets, and it was from you know sort of a similar group of people that started kind of echoing the same idea and and then David Cox kind of picked up this thread and and, and something he posted on one of his Facebook things and there's this idea that there was this you know that the that the India had been like there's some big change and you know, there's some sort of malevolent force and in, in, in behind our coverage and you know and that that was the thing that, it, it, that sort of provoked me to respond right and, and 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 here's the deal like you know our management hasn't changed uh, uh, I you know, our ownership hasn't changed since 2012. Our management, our editorial management hasn't changed since I got here in 2015. Like, you know, we've hired new reporters, but that is what it is. Um, you know, just the fact of the matter is we, we endorsed David Cox in, in 2015. We endorsed Steph Mandel, uh, the other person I talked about in the column in 2017. And Steph Mandel is, has, has, been, has had some of these kind of similar things that she's talked about openly where she said uh, um you know she that uh, our owner's nephew's uh, uh business partner's wife is on the city council which is some sort of uh, um conflict of interest y kind of thing which means we I don't I don't I I don't know um anyway so I felt I, I wanted to address that cuz that seemed really weird to me but there's there's the the bigger thing here and it, it kind of just has been bothering me with with watching these folks for for a little while, is that they just, they just can't be criticized. They think they're above all of this, and they're absolutely not. And that's, you know, they expect to be coddled because we're progressive media and they they assume that they're progressives. They expect the, 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 the public to not call them out on stuff. They get really pissed off when it happens. They expect their allies to be treated with, uh, uh, um, you know, with white gloves. And and that's just not how it works. And, it, and if you want to get, you know, people talk shit to me all the time, every day. And, you know, um, and that's just part of my job. It's not a pleasant part of my job, but that's part of what I do. And it, it's sort of the price that you pay for, for, for you know, I, I do this work because... You know, you think you can make a community better, and part of that is arguing for a better, uh, a better community and a a better, uh, um, uh, better government. And part of that is, you know, people people don't like what you have to say for one reason or another, Um, and they get pissed off at you. So you 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 know, um, you deal with it. Uh, And and they have to deal with that, too. And if they're not willing to do it, then they shouldn't be in the arena. And I I don't think, you know, government should be radically open and government should be radically transparent. They work for us. Um, And, and, you know, we don't work for them. Uh, uh, You know, we pay their salaries. We elect them. They are public servants. And if they don't like it, then they can take their asses home. Nobody's forcing them to run for office. Nobody's forcing them to serve on the city council. Um, I, I, I don't care about their ideology. I don't care about where they stand on, 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 on you know, developments or anything like that. That's the one thing I, I absolutely care about, is if people have every right to get up at a city council meeting and say, you're a terrible person. And if you don't like it, you sit there and you take it. That's just how this shit goes. Um, you know, people have every right to say that to me. And I'm not, they're not paying my salary, right? Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I told you earlier, like, in, in the course of my... I've been, I've been doing journalism in one way or another for like 20 years. In the course of my life, I've had my friends arrested by the cops over stories I've written. I've had Fortune 500 companies come, come and threaten me. I've had a lot of things go on. And none of it's easy, but you, you, if, if, if you're committed to what you're doing and you believe that what you're doing is right and you believe that you are serving a greater cause and you're willing to fight for what you, you believe is a greater ideal, then you do it. But if you're just going to like shut shit down because, oh my God, why are you yelling at me? Oh my God, I'm going to forward your tweets to the city attorney because you're mean to me on Twitter and I don't know how to use a block button.
0: Oh my God, this reporter wrote a co- wrote a story I didn't like so I'm going to make a Facebook post calling her out by name and yeah. saying where, she, where her home state is.
1: I mean, it, it becomes this that that to me like becomes this like it 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 passes the point of it, it just it's just childish like this is what you like you signed up for and you know you either do it or you don't and you know uh, um that's what sort of compelled me to 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 write this thing like i i think um i think the city council has become uh, uh um, so convinced of its own righteousness and so convinced of its own, uh, um, you know, that it it can't possibly be wrong and that everybody who criticizes it in any way, whether it's in reporting or whether it's in an opinion piece or whatever, has to be motivated by bad faith or has to be motivated by you're taking money from developers or business interests or yada, yada, yada. That, you know, that's a really troubling road to go down and you know that's that's the one thing that, that you know that that is the opposite of of of, of the kind of transparency i think uh, um governments need to have and they owe their their uh their constituents
0: this week our food editor andrea rice wrote a really interesting story about artisanal ice, ice baby. Um, And I didn't really know artisanal ice existed or was a thing, but apparently a restaurant in Raleigh is showcasing, um, you know, not only stuff on their menu, but also stuff in your drinking glass. So, Andrea, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So, I guess just to start, like, what the heck is artisanal ice?
2: Well, artisanal anything is, you know, it means crafted by hand. So artisanal ice, therefore, is you start with, um, in most cases, a 300-pound 300, a 300 block of ice that's made in a machine called a Kleinbell. Um, and that, it's the same machine that produces the same big block of ice that, like, an ice sculptor would use at a bar mitzvah or so you know, it's a
0: big hunk of
2: it's a big hunk of ice a big chunk of ice so <laughs> then they they take this big hunk of ice and you know a single person can't lift 300 pounds so they use um, a butcher's saw or a japanese hacksaw in some places <laughs> in some instances to then slice that ice up into smaller uh, sixty pound say yeah. increments. <laughs> yeah, um, and normal size. Those <laughs> sixty pound blocks then get either shaved or whittled down, or pebbled, or crushed, or sliced up into smaller cubes. Uh, that will then uh, any of those variations will end up in your drink. But the point of artisan ice is that it is free of impurities. But What is an impurity? So, the, in the artisan ice community, it's or a community, world, a movement. The movement. <laughs> uh, in, in the artisan ice world, an impurity is an air bubble that gets trapped inside of the ice. So, if you think about the, the ice that you make in your freezer at home, it generally, or the ice you buy in a big bag at the store, it, you can't see through it, it's mm-hmm. cloudy. So it's because it's full of air bubbles. See, I so, always thought my water was bad. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's impure ice. Okay. So the Bell machine it cools ice from the bottom up, mm-hmm. whereas your ice cube tray in your freezer cools ice from the top down, and that's uh, how the air bubbles yeah. get trapped. So when you're cooling from the bottom up, then this pure, perfect block of ice is formed (laughs) and the water residual water ends up in a layer on top that then gets you know dumped or whatever (laughs) so so artisan ice is completely pure of air bubbles crystal clear can see right through it and um melts slower in most cases depending on which um type of ice slice or cut or shaved, or pebbled option you go with. So there's this kind of um, spectrum between wanting an ice cube to not melt at all. So if you have have a margarita, and you want that margarita to taste exactly the same from start to finish, you want an ice that is not going to melt.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: However, if you order a whiskey, and you'd like to drink, say, whiskey with a little water. Mm-hmm. You'd want ice that would melt a little bit to give you that desired yeah. effect.
0: And so the other thing, too, I, I thought was really interesting about this story is that they do ice shows.
2: Okay. So, so what is an ice so let's, show? So let's talk about the restaurant that I went to.
0: Yeah, so what's the restaurant? That have we even named it yet? We
2: have not the named it. Mysterious restaurant. The, the,
0: okay. okay, it's only been four minutes, so... so So there's a
2: new restaurant in North Hills, in right smack in the middle of Kane's Kingdom, John Kane, (laughs) the developer, uh, where the buildings are tall and the parking is free, and And the people are rich. (laughs) And the people are rich. It's kind of like a a faux downtown in the suburbs, so Mm -hmm. that you you don't have to go all the way to downtown Raleigh. Um, So this restaurant is the it's called Stir. And it's owned by um, Alan Comey, who this wasn't in the story that I wrote, but it was information that I that I gathered. Alan Comey is a big time restaurant tycoon. He mm. was a, a co-founder of Gordon Biersch, that like five gajillion dollar, might be million, might be billion, 500 million or billion dollar company. Big big enterprise. Money. Like this guy's big money. <laughs> lives in chattanooga tennessee opened up a stir the flagship stir there in chattanooga it's It's now a raleigh north hills raleigh Mm -hmm. is the second okay location they've got some more in the works Mm. so there might very well be a stir in every state by (laughs) who knows Uh, i don't know of quite that many but they have a few more locations in the works um And so at STIR, they will give you an ice show. And I was given an ice show when I went, maybe because they knew I was going to write something about the place, Mm -hmm. so they really wanted to dazzle me. But it turns out that they'll do, uh, they aim for 25 ice shows a night at this restaurant. Mm. The ice show takes a while, too. So their servers work very hard.
0: So what happens? Um, So here's
2: what happens. (laughs) Someone will approach you with a tray, and on that tray is a large cylinder, which works as kind of a compressor, Mm -hmm. and also um, about a two-by-two-inch cube of ice that comes off of that 300-pound block, Mm -hmm. and also a clear glass tumbler, and also a towel. And they'll set this down on your table and ask you if you're ready for your ice show, and say, yeah, I'm ready, let's, <laughs> let's get on with it. And uh, they will use tongs to pick up the ice, put it, open up the compressor, put it on the compressor machine thing, and it starts at, the compressor starts at room temp, but once, once it's activated, it begins compressing the uh, square-shaped cube of ice, into its body which is literally a, a round um, spherical uh, inside yeah so it's literally like putting a square peg into a round hole <laughs> so as this thing compresses then and the machine starts to cool down the outside edges of the cube begin to melt away mm. and then it gets compressed all the way down and what is finally revealed is a perfect ice sphere that you can see right through. If the show is done correctly, it will be free of impurities. My ice sphere had two impurities. The The um, (laughs) trainer, the woman from Tennessee who Mm -hmm. was there, uh, who performed my show for me, was very disappointed by the impurities, but I I was glad to see them because I still was unclear uh, about (laughs) what an impurity was. Uh, so anyway, then you get this cool, perfect sphere of ice that if you hold up to light, you'll see a reflection of the entire restaurant in Mm. the cube, but it reflects upside down. So if you've ever been to the Chicago Bean... It's it's, a sphere, right? It's it's just like that.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, so I guess, you know, kind of to wrap it up, I mean, what, what was your takeaway? I mean, how do you, like... I mean, is this kind of a new trend in, like, restaurant industry? Like, are we getting away from wowing people on the plate and having to kind of do these cheesy tricks to to lure people?
2: Well, Artisan Ice has been around for a little while. Uh, I would say that one of the you know first uh, cocktail bars to start working with these different styles of ice was probably uh, Manhattan's Death & Co., mm-hmm. which is... Uh, like kind of the king of cocktail bars, and mm. kind of started that whole movement. So it's been around for a little while. Um, there are environmentalists that that uh, kind of wag a finger at it a little bit because those um, the Klein Bell uses a ton of electricity, a ton of power mm. to just freeze water into this very desirable, you know clear, pretty, magical. Like, at the end of the day, it's just ice. Um, So, to give you a little perspective, like, your household refrigerator, if it has an ice maker, it will use 20% more energy Mm -hmm. than a refrigerator without one. The Kleinbell runs on about 115 volts of electricity, um, drawing about 36 kilowatts, kilowatt is a thousand watts of electricity per day and it takes three a three-day cycle to produce just two 300 pound blocks oh my gosh so that's like running over a thousand thirty watt light bulbs whoa in a day times three days um so yeah is it a fad is it a thing yes is it a trend yes um do we need a show while we go out to a restaurant? I mean, maybe some people could benefit from that distraction. I, I think it that a lot of people need a distraction when they go to a restaurant, and maybe that's why mm-hmm. there's so many flat-screen TVs plastered all over the place in some restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know. Like, people like it. <laughs> uh, I... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> People seem to like the place. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. There was definitely like a very positive, happy vibe. A lot of excitement. They've created quite a stir in the North Hills neighborhood. So,
0: thanks for listening to IndieCast. Subscribe to our podcast on the Apple Podcast app, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And look for more episodes at IndieWeek.com.